Lockdown. Our daily podcast to keep you sane during the chaos. 21 days, 21 professionals to get you through the COVID-19 lockdown. Welcome back to day nine of our podcast and day nine of lockdown. This is the second weekend of lockdown and the second Saturday of our lockdown. We have the honor and privilege of chatting to somebody at the forefront of the virus, a health service provider himself. My name is Kirsten Farquharson and with me is Danielle DeToy. Today we have a very brave guest working on the front lines at the moment during the COVID-19 pandemic. His name is Matthew Denton. He is a paramedic in the public sector. Matthew qualified at the end of 2015 and he started working 2016. He has been working as a paramedic for four years. He is in the Western Division. He is stationed at Pylance Base in Cape Town and he services all of the public hospitals in that specific area. Matthew, it's such a privilege to have you on the show today with us. It's awesome to be here. Thank you, Matthew, so much for joining us. We are really, really privileged to have you. And we'd just like to know, can you just enlighten us a bit more into what it is that you do? What is it like to be a paramedic in South Africa? Okay, well, the term paramedic is used quite loosely here. So under that term, we have different qualifications. So specifically, I am an emergency care technician, which means I studied for two years. What I do is things like hospital transfers, taking patients from one hospital to another within the public sector, also doing primary calls. So that's going to people's houses when they have complaints. And being a paramedic in South Africa, it's not always how other people think. People are always like, there must be a lot of blood and gore and excitement. And that is only a small part of the job. There's actually a lot of regular general practitioner calls that we get, like colds and flus and people stub their toes on the bed, even little things like that. So it's not all guts and glory. And Matt, what has been your experience of the lockdown so far? What has been like for you? Okay, so this is obviously the first pandemic that we've experienced as a service. And I'm very young. So obviously, this is the first time anything like this has happened during my career. And it is extremely complicated because we all anticipated that the lockdown would happen at some point or another, but you really can't be prepared for it until it actually starts happening and you see exactly what needs to be developed and what needs to happen. And when Cyril announced we had three days in order to prepare and there were more questions than answers at that point. It was a question of, are we going to have free reign to roam around as per usual? Are we going to have to limit the patients we take to hospital? to prevent an influx in the hospital. So there was that end, the operational end. And there was the thing of personal protective equipment. What should we be wearing? When should we be wearing those things? When we go home, how should we discard our uniform? Should we not enter our houses? What about our families? When I get into my car with my uniform, what am I supposed to do? What must I clean? So it's been a trial and error basis. Every day you learn new things, you figure out new things, and that's how it's been developing for the last couple of days. Sure. That must be terrifying, you know, not having answers to these really, really big questions. And what has the impact been like on your family with you coming home every day? So the, the main concern was, what if you get it? What happens to you? What happens to us? 
what protection is in place how do we how do we deal with this and it's as simple as there is a great chance that i will get it obviously because of the many people i come into contact with every day a lot of people don't know that they have it obviously there's a lot of undiagnosed cases going around and you try your best to protect yourself but obviously they know the chance is high and so I live with my fiance and my two little kids, seven and nine. And we just, we've been open with them. We explained that there's a serious virus going around and it's very easy to catch it. And there's every possibility that I might. And if I do, there's a chance you guys might as well. But we just explained to them that the chances of fatality amongst the four of us are very low because obviously we're young, we don't have comorbidities and that, Basically, we will all just self-isolate at home and we won't go see anybody else and we will just ride this out until it's over. And we just explain to them, you know, that it's going to be okay and that there will be an end to this. And they're actually quite fine with it. My son, who is seven, every day I come home and he asks me if Corona is living on my uniform. So <laughs> it, it's, quite, it's quite funny how they've been taking this. They're taking it very well. So yeah, we are, we're making the best out of a very bad situation. Sure, Matt, there almost sounds like there's so many different things for you to be considering and thinking of, especially during this time. So I'm just wondering, what are some of the things that you've been doing to try and cope with all of these decisions you have to make and things you need to be aware of? What has been helping you cope? Well, for me, the biggest thing that I've been doing is I do a lot of reading on the news apps and scientific journals, and I'm just trying to educate myself as far as possible so that I know what's myth and what is actual fact. And the biggest thing for me now is knowing I get to come home to my fiance. That's all I really need to get through my days because my days are more bad than good these days, obviously because of everything that's happening. But coming home to her, my doggies, my children, it makes it all better. And I've been speaking to a lot of people in hospital, you know, for tips and advice and we're all just supporting each other. And yeah, the camaraderie is actually insane at the moment. So that really helps knowing there's so many people in your position and you really aren't alone. Matt, all these tips that you're getting and all the advice that you're getting from other people, what piece of advice would you want people to know? For me, the biggest thing is social distancing really is the only way to beat this. And if you can stay home, stay home as much as you possibly can. Do not go out to the shops. For me, when I'm off and I have to do my essential shopping, I cannot even get into a shop because the lines are so long because people are acting like the stock is going to run out and they suddenly feel like they need more than they actually do. So if they can just remember all the underprivileged people in the community, the older citizens, everybody who really needs to get to the shop, if they can just respect that. And also there is really no need to wear a mask unless you are infected yourself or if you are coming into contact with people who are infected. For every person on the street that is wearing a mask, it's one less for healthcare providers. And we actually have a global shortage at the moment. So if people could just use equipment sparingly and only when they need to, then this will be a lot easier for all of us. I saw um, that the government has announced that everybody should be wearing masks when we leave the house, but they should be homemade masks. I, I'm just wondering what you think of that. I'm all for that. You see, there are different kinds of masks that exist at the moment. And because people don't know the difference, that's where the problem comes in. So, you know, the, the surgical masks that are flat on your face that you tie 
or go over your ears. Yes. The standard yes. ones they wear in theater. So those are advocated for people who are sick. So those let particles in, but not out. So if you are infected, it will not spread, right? So those should be reserved for sick people. Then you get okay. the more heavy duty looking ones mm -hmm. and the like duck bowl ones and the yeah. blue ones. Those are for, <laughs> those are for people who like healthcare providers so that nothing can come in. Right. Then the homemade ones. So they are made out of all sorts of different fabrics. Right. But they tend to, things can actually seep through them if they get wet and, and stuff like that. So there's minimal protection, but there's protection nonetheless. So I have a homemade mask that I wear when I go to the shop, just in the event that, I don't know, I'm in an aisle and somebody sneezes on me and I can't avoid it. So at least it will prevent something from directly touching my face or my mouth. Or So if you have homemade masks, then go for it. Like everybody should be doing that when they're going out because you just don't know what's out there when you're in the shop, you know? But the problem is that people are using the surgical masks and the practitioner masks and they're buying it from the pharmacies and they're using all the stock and that's why we don't, have stock so it's just it's very frustrating okay so that that makes a so lot of sense i think that answers for a lot of people about the masks because i did not know yes. that there's differences yeah, really. i think that's really helpful and you know thank you so much for sharing your perspective on what's happening at the moment it sounds like you know you've got a lot going on it feels very stressful but it's also encouraging to hear this level of camaraderie that you have and how special and how important your your family is to you during this time especially that's kind of giving you hope to keep going and i think a lot of our listeners are going to to resonate with that but also i think a lot of our listeners are really going to respect you for the sacrifices that you are making for our country i know where i stay every night it's so beautiful at eight o'clock at night you hear the most incredible chanting and cheering and people clapping for all of our healthcare practitioners and workers that are working on the front line so just to let you know that, you know, what you're doing is important and that you're a hero to many South Africans and we really salute you for that. Thank you so much. We really appreciate everything that people are doing. We don't always see it, but just knowing it's there, it really warms our hearts. There's one thing that, that I want the public to know. I don't know if you know that there's a national hotline and a provincial hotline. And if you feel like you have any one of the symptoms, so flu-like symptoms, specifically a cough or a sore throat or a fever or shortness of breath, despite whether you've had contact with anyone, because travel history is not important right now because there's local transmission, obviously. So if you feel like you think you might have this, do not phone an ambulance and do not go to the doctor because then you stand a chance if you are infected, of infecting everyone you come into contact with. So you should be phoning either the national hotline or the provincial hotline to get the relevant advice. And that way you stay home, you self-isolate and you don't infect anyone else. It's very important. That's Big great thing. advice. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt, very much. That's very helpful advice to leave our listeners. Thank you. It was awesome. It really was. Thank was you, really, Matt. Really grateful and really... Really important. Yeah, I think that's going to be a, a real big blessing to our listeners. Thank you so much. Yeah. Sure, anytime. I really appreciate your sacrifices. So, you know, I don't, I know you don't often share that. So just to let you know that many people are grateful uh, and we're grateful. So thank you. Um, how do people treat you when they see you in uniform? So I wear a green uniform and I'm an obvious paramedic when you see me. 
and they see you and it is like you are the walking plague. Like you have been in contact with every virus on this planet and now you are walking around spreading it. Even though I come with gloves and I'm constantly sanitizing my hands, I'm still a threat to people. And it's funny because they run from you in the shop when just say you need to buy a loaf of bread while you're on shift and you have a gap and you go quickly to get the bread. There was an incident where I got to the toll and the lady who was scanning my stuff, she ran for the hand sanitizer faster than anything I've ever seen in my life. And she was squirting copious amounts all over her hands, even though it's a rare commodity at the moment. And she kept a distance from the toll. It was even hard for her to scan my bread because she was trying to stay away from me. And it made me feel, I can't even explain how it made me feel because I'm an essential service and I do want to be here, but I'm also required to be here to serve my duty. And if I could stay home and protect myself, obviously I would for myself, for my family, but I can't. And I expect a little bit of courtesy because that is the same person who in an emergency will call me and I must be impartial towards them. And it's just not right. Yeah. yeah, sure. Sure, that's, that's heartbreaking. I mean, you really want to be treated with respect when you go out and just acknowledge that, you know, you're a human being like everyone else, that you're just doing your job and you're actually yeah. serving the public and serving people like you're saying. So you know, just to acknowledge that and to, to almost be seen, to be seen as a person, I think, you know, a person with human dignity and not just, like you said, the walking plague. <laughs> yeah, we were actually driving in an ambulance on shift the other day and a car was next to us and the man shouted, thank you so much for your service and all that you do. And when I hear things like that, or my mother sending me videos of the police parade on her street to say thank you, mm-hmm. it actually makes me want to cry because that, that just never happens. It's more, do your job. You're supposed to do your job. I pay your tax. And like, I don't understand. Sure. So Matt, what has been the most encouraging message that you've gotten from somebody or the most encouraging thing you've seen so far? That's a tough one. There's been such a little, honestly. Probably when my mother phoned me to tell me about the parade, that law enforcement saps, they were parading on the beach, up the roads. Everyone was on the balcony of a flat. They were blowing vuvuzelas. And my psychologist also told me about people in her area doing those things. So Hearing those things, that is the best thing that we can ever ask for. Even if you don't see it, just knowing that it's happening, it's something. Just knowing that even one person is thinking about what you're doing and respecting what you're doing, that is everything. Sure. That's really beautiful and encouraging for us, you know, to remind us to show our support to everyone on the front line and, and to just really stand together as a nation, encouraging those that are fighting for us while we are encouraged to stay home. Yeah. So if anybody wants to show their support for you, Matt, how can they, how can they go about doing that? Can, should they stand outside their door and scream at eight o'clock or put, I've seen things about putting rainbows outside your door. What is the current, what is the current thing that people should do to show their support for healthcare workers? I think at the moment, it's screaming and shouting on your balcony in front of your door, just making a noise. I don't know why 8 p.m. was chosen. I think that was happening internationally, but there's nothing wrong with that. I just wish I could see it. <laughs> so I never see it. 
So you've heard it straight from the paramedic's mouth. 8 p.m., stand on your doorsteps and make a noise. Make a noise for all of the doctors, for all of the paramedics, for all of the surgeons, for all of the people at the forefront of this virus who are fighting for the lives of all of us at home who are isolating. Thank you, Matt, for your service. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I wouldn't want it any other way. Thank you, Matt. We really appreciate it. And thank you so much for being on our show today. So that's it for us. We will see you next time on How to Mental Health Lockdown Edition. Stay sane, everybody. We'll check in later. See you soon.